You are listening to Living Proof Podcast, a Catalyst Church on Raceway production. What you are about to hear is stories of real people who are living proof of what God can do. Here is your hosts, Jills and Carmen. Well, thank you for tuning in to the Living Proof Podcast. I am Pastor Jills, and I'm joined here today with my co-host, Carmen. Hello, Jills. Hi, Carmen. It's good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. It's good to be uh, back doing this again. It is. I love stories. Stories are kind of uh, what everybody can relate to, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, and a good storyteller is one hard to find and, and two just so good when you find one. I just love how when people share their stories, their nuggets, no one else can think of the nuggets. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like no one can, I'm not saying it right, but no one um, would say it just that way. Right. Because it's their story. It's their story, their and, personality. Yeah. And I love that. Right. Because it's it's a unique perspective. And God is so big that the his, the our, percep, her, our perspectives can be just as big. Sure. And um, I just find that fascinating. I love to hear the nuggets to take home. Learn and grow from it. Absolutely. And... Uh... You know, we're, we're trying to um, share people's stories here, but with the goal and the hopes of letting people know, right? That's our tagline, the living proof of what God can do. Right. So so we're sharing. That's, that's kind of the, the goal of our storytelling for this purpose. This well, is not just to, to captivate you, but to let you know. Yeah. Th- so there's a twofold. I think there's another sub tagline. And your story is somebody else's hope. That's true. So we are sharing the message of hope and encouragement. Yeah, that's awesome. Because uh, the Apostle Paul talks about that, that we are carriers of hope. Mm -hmm. And so that's who who we are as God's people. Mm -hmm. And we are ambassadors of hope. Right. Yeah. It's cool. It's very cool. So tell us about you were we were talking earlier here about this article because it relates to this story that we'll share with you in a minute. So what's this article you were talking about? So I was reading this article a little bit earlier today and it's called the cobra effect. And essentially this is the, the problem or this is uh, the situation was that in India the British government had put um, a, not a, a ransom out on cobras. So every dead cobra that you brought, they would give you money for. Now, the intent was to lower the cobra population. But in essence, what it did was actually raise up the cobra population because everybody... <laughs> You see, if you kill off all of the cobras, there goes your 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 cash crop, right? So people were raising cobras. So you have to you've got to give up a few <laughs> to get the money. Wow. Yeah. 
But so people were raising cobras and then killing them, bringing them in and saying, now pay me. But they still had many more back at home that they could turn in later on. And so they actually watched the cobra population go up dramatically. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) So in essence, the cobra effect is, is that just because leadership has made a decision to do something doesn't mean that in turn it's going to bring about the effects that they want. Mm-hmm. So how does that translate to us here in the Christian community? Well, it's be, it comes in that for the last few years now, we have been saying, oh, it's okay to do church online. It's okay to stay home. You don't have to come in. You can stay in your PJs and sit on the couch and still be part of the church. And what they have found is that during the times of giving, people are are shutting off the feed. Um, people are not returning to church. They're not investing into the kingdom of God. And therefore, churches are closing up and they're having a, uh, it's, it's become a harmful effect that's happened to churches. I think it's a ploy of Satan. Right. One ploy is deceiving. It, it looks it, good at the beginning. And, and it started out as, as our saving grace during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But what it's really done is it's hurt the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Right, because attendance went down, finances went down, churches had to close, and it also numbed us. It did. That we don't know anymore of what our priorities are. And so, community and what all. seemed like a good idea a few years ago has really hurt us. And it was a good idea when we were in the midst of a lockdown, when you couldn't go to church. This was the best alternative we had, but it's not a permanent solution. People are trying to treat it as such. Mm-hmm. But what we're finding out is that um, we need the church. We need fellowship and we need the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so religion isn't going to save you tuning in and listening. Technology to, will not save you. It will not. So it, it, you can't, you can tune it. And I think that, that, you know, church at home has a, has a time and a place, but it's not the only solution. It's not to replace it. It's, it is not. So if you're, if you're not feeling well, you know, you don't want to come in and spread your, your crud. Hey, I get it. Stay home. But if you're well and you're healthy, mm-hmm. if you can go to Costco, you can go to church. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a really hard line. Um, and I get it. I get it. You know, what this whole thing has done to us and, and our behaviors, you know, fear, um, the way we process things. For each of us, it's different and it could last longer because of where we've come from and what we've experienced in the past. Um, But that's the very reason, though, that we actually need to be, you know, right? What does it say in the Bible? Do not forsake the assembly. It does say that. It does. We need one another. That's I mean, what would life be like if we were just us, just yourself on the earth? 
Yeah, and God and, knew what he was doing when he created more than one of us. Exactly. And to <laughs> even go further in the scripture that you're reciting, it says, as you see the day approaching, right? Jesus is coming by. We see the, the day and the time of, right? I mean, the world is crazy. It's a wicked world that we're living in. Sin is abounding. And we know he's coming back soon. We do. So we need to be encouraged that all the more we can't forsake the assembling. We need to get together. We need each other. And it doesn't matter. Um, well, there's a bigger picture, too. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, here we are talking about a more um, personal level. What? Uh, being in church does for us individually, right? Or as our family. But as a corporate body, right? Jesus needs for us to be unified. He need, you know, he need, he, what's our chief end, right? To glorify God. That's right. Right. And to enjoy him forever. Yeah. Well, a huge piece of that is doing it together. And, and part of his plan is to, um, Bring that across. Just uh, help me out here. You know, is to make it in everything. Put it in everything. I'm not saying it right. Help me out here. <laughs> well, all I can think of as, as you're talking, and, and this is because I'm a guy and I relate things to either sports or military. But I'm thinking of Saving Private Ryan. Mm -hmm. Right. They, they, they used a whole troop to go out and to get one guy. There was a mission that they were sent on and every single piece person in that, in that troop played a role in getting private Ryan back home. Right. And, and each one of us in the body of Christ Have plays a role. a role in, in saving, you know, well, and, it's, and it's partnering of, with God is what I'm trying to say. Yes. In, in our Christian mandate. Yes. Is to partner. What is the father doing? Yeah. And partnering with him and as one. You know what's amazing? Is if you look at the miracles of Jesus, if you look at the miracles of God, there's only two that God chose to not have man be part of. And that's creation and resurrection. Mm. Outside of that, Jesus always partnered with with his with his disciples with his people there was a there was a an element of obedience and doing that they had to do the disciples had to get the water in order for it to be turned into wine mm -hmm. right jesus could have just spoken it and wine could have appeared but he didn't and the bigger plan is is to glorify him sure it's right um so yeah that's an interesting um take on that Mm -hmm. I, I see exactly. But, you know, he created us for a reason. He did. You know, he wanted to love somebody. He wanted to share it with somebody, not just somebody, somebody's yeah. more than one. And um, he's just so vast and big. You know, the tapestry that he has planned is, involves all of us, not just one. Yeah. So religion doesn't have a part to play in that. It's relationship. Correct. And you're going to find that out in our story coming up, um, that it's relationship was the revelation, not religion, not and, rules. And, and what's so amazing, this is a couple, uh, they have 
kind of opposite end of the spectrum stories, mm-hmm. right? But at the at the core of it is that both of them was looking for a relationship to make them feel like they had purpose. Correct. And, and they found it in different ways. They found it in different ways, but in the same place, mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. in, in, in Jesus Christ and this relationship that we get to have with our God and our creator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's very cool. So how about if we take a listen to this couple, Tom and Crystal? Yeah, we've teased them enough. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll come back. Enjoy. You know how when you just get over being sick and like even water tastes amazing, it's like to you, that's how it felt. You know, it was like the word, it was like, I just nourishment. Hi, my name is Tom Isabel. I'm a member of Catalyst Church and I am living proof of what God can do. I am Crystal Isabel. I am a member of Catalyst Church and I am living proof of what God can do. And this is evidence of how God is real and religion is a joke. Um, basically growing up as a child to um, not have sex until you're married, until you meet that one man. And of course, <laughs> um, fast forward, I was 21, decided to move out, live on my own. Um, get into the premarital sex and the bar scenes, living life, parties, and um, one night I get pregnant. Both my parents, um, Catholic, you know, so Catholic background, um, you know, so religious traditions going on there and stuff like that and, and religious mindsets of, you don't marry somebody who's already has a baby or something like that. So that was totally out of my grid. Catholic background. Of course, I knew about God. I knew about Christ and the Holy Spirit, but I didn't have a one-on-one relationship. I had told my parents that I was never going to church and, you know, I didn't want anything to do with it. I just had some kind of, you know, feeling, you know, that I had to be at church and stuff like that. It it kind of, um, you know, whatever didn't set well with me at that time, my teenage life and stuff. I was actually at a uh, business conference and they had a, a Sunday sort of non-denominational worship worship session. The late Zig Ziglar, he was the one that was speaking at the conference and he had an altar call and I was like, wow, you can really, he was talking about having a, you know, friendship relationship with, you know, Christ. And I, it's like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I didn't know that was really possible. Then somebody's like, well, there's a, um, same, yeah, s- similar, whatever, denomination or something like that in Barry. And I was like, oh, really? Wow, didn't even know it. So that's where I started going. And I met Crystal's sister through there. And, you know, she's like, hey, you know, you know, how would you like to be on the drama team? And, you know, involved with the youth stuff there, ministry and stuff like that, you know, whatever. And that's, you know, kind of where I ended up meeting Crystal, you know, through that. Um, I'm supposed to get married, but... Okay, God, who, you know, and like dated, nothing worked out and kind of, I'm obviously, I'm glad that nothing worked out, but it's kind of like, it, it seemed like 
why isn't anything working out? You know, and I was like, is there something wrong with me or whatever? You know, and all these things. I, like I asked you on a date to go to, our first date was the Twilight Paris concert, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, because I remember I brought you home or something like that. And I asked you if I, I think I asked you if I could kiss you or something like Whoa. that. <laughs> yeah, so she's like, yes. So, um, whatever. Okay, now you have to come over and you're gonna meet our my parents. And I was kind of like really nervous. And I mean, your dad, it was like this, it was almost, he was an interrogation thing. You know, he was like, <laughs> you know, just checking me out and all this stuff and showing me. But he was asking me questions on different things and different things and whatever. And then afterwards, I knew I could tell that he had a solid foundation in the Word of God, which I thought was pretty awesome too. I Somehow I could tell God orchestrated this together, and then I'm struggling in my mind. Wait a second. Okay, so if this is the one, and she has a baby, and that's not how I grew up, then, you know, it's like, it's because my perspective wasn't God's perspective with this. I was still thinking out of that religious mindset of things having this conversation with my mom and I'm like, I, I said, how do you know when you're, you think you might have met the person that you're gonna be marrying? I'm like, cause I don't know, but I feel like God is telling me that I'm supposed to marry this person. And this doesn't make sense to me because. When I found out I was pregnant and I had to go back to the guy that I was living with, that I was, cause I honestly thought it was his child, but we really think that it's not his child. And because at that time I was, as I was living with this other guy, I was also still at the bar scenes going to other homes. We'll keep it PG. So when they say it's complicated, it's complicated. Yeah. I I really feel that was the moment that I, I hit that brick wall where I needed God. Um, and I think that's where I, I really felt, yeah, I had to give my life back over. My life that I was running was not the way I should have been running, and I need God. Going to the car and just tears streaming down my face and saying, God, forgive me. Holding my stomach saying, it's just you and me, baby. And then that's when I picked up my, my phone and called my sister and we, we met at my parents' house, and that's when I told my dad and my mom that I was pregnant, and my dad saying, it's going to take a long, long time before I can ever accept this child, and this is not how your mother and I raised you. And so those are the thoughts that I was going through. Do I keep this child? I'm a single mom. My mom and dad are disappointed in me. Um, do I keep the baby? What do I do? So all these things are like going through me, but then I keep thinking back, this is a life that's in me. I can't give it up. And that's what pursued me. I didn't care what it was gonna take for me to raise this child. Whether I was a single mom, God's gonna provide. And I just wanted that real attention of focus, of diving into God's word and that hunger to pursue him, um, to fill that empty void in my life that I was lacking. One Sunday I woke up and I'm like, all right, I need to pursue and kick my butt into gear to 
get back into church and raise my son and get my life back in order and walking into the church in our local area and seeing Tom up on the stage and I'm like, ding, 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 ding. It's like I knew exactly that he was the one. It was just, I don't know, it was hard to tell. I mean, to explain that, yes, I knew without a shadow of a doubt, he was the guy and started dating and knowing that we were gonna get married. Um, we wanted to find a church that we were gonna grow as a couple and as a future husband and yeah, as a future husband and wife mm -hmm. and uh, to grow our family where we're gonna be able to be used of God. Cause we knew there was a calling on us. We didn't know exactly what that looks like. We still might not know exactly what that really looks like <laughs> to a certain degree. Um, but we just knew there was something right. that God wants to do in us. You know, um, you know, when I first realized how God is my friend, how he's close to me, like my brother, it's just, yeah, overwhelming, actually. Um, just about all of them had drug abuse issues, you know, alcohol and drug abuse issues, um, including my oldest um, brother, who was... I was like five years old, he took his life. And, cause I didn't, you know, I didn't know what was going on. Nobody really, how do you explain that to a five-year-old when you don't understand yourself, you know? And, um, and my parents had such a strong faith in Christ, yet that happened. Where is religion in this? It's not coming to the rescue. Where's God? You know, and and then I, I don't know. You know, it was something Zig said about how, you know, <laughs> he's just a friend who wants to be your friend, Christ. I don't know what it was, but it resonated with me. I understood it. I didn't have to you know, stand up, sit down, kneel, and talk to people, and confess, do all this stuff. It was like, I didn't have to go through a formula anymore. I could just have a relationship. I, but, so it's like, I, I felt like I could see things at that, at a different level now. It wasn't about, you know, looking at things through the eyes of religion. There's so many, so many things that are distractions and are, you know, faults whatever you know we we make commitments you know to to move forward with christ and stuff like that it doesn't mean that our life's going to be perfect from here on out and that's one of the realities that i was but it that's it's but it you know so i kind of had that misconceived idea wow we're all everything's happening perfectly here and then all of a sudden pregnancy and there's a there's a uh, miscarriage i'm like what is going on this is not the plan. And that, that Sunday, um, there was a guest speaker in, and that was the first time we had ever experienced the miscarriage. And this lady who was the guest speaker says, you couple right there, stand up. And we're like, looking yeah, around like, huh? And we stood up and she goes, I wanna tell you, you just experienced something that I feel that you need to know that what you experienced is nothing that you have done. 
because she we literally yeah it was we like felt the, that this miscarriage was something that we had caused we actually we named that child um Josiah. shortly after that point josiah seriously and then you know we had christina years later our daughter magenta meets somebody at catalyst whose name just happens to be josiah <laughs> i'm like wow <laughs> thank you god you can never you can never figure out god the side of eternity so don't even try but i tell you what you know the the most you can you can keep on having a stronger relationship the more you the more you know about him and the more you desire to know about him and you'll know how different that is than religion as you keep going forward because it's 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 night and day you know it's that different one's a script and the other's real well welcome back welcome that was uh that was a touching story mm -hmm. if you're not crying we're going to check you for a pulse. <laughs> yeah, it, um, it's amazing how they each found God. They did. In their, in their different struggle. But yet, it was um, the way it came together was because of that relationship with Jesus. Yeah. yeah the commonality yeah. there. And what's so amazing is that, you know, Tom was was already in church. He was already serving God when Crystal shows up. And that blew everything out of the water of what he ever thought going to church was all about. Correct. Uh, but what's amazing is that, you know, Crystal has this story of she's messed up. She, she has, you know, she has messed up. Her father's mad. Um, and, and she feels all the feels, right? Uh, and, and many people could think that, uh, you know, God was in control of the whole situation. And it what this wasn't a plan B. He understood in her decision-making that she was going to end up in that place. And that's where Tom was going to be. Mm -hmm. Right. Tom's not the savior. He's not. <laughs> um, in case some of you are thinking that yeah, way. No. Because you're not familiar with, you know, it, walking it, with God. It, the, uh, an, but it's an, God's plan. Another person is not the, what we desire in. It's not what's going to fulfill us. If you're looking for a relationship in humans um, as your ultimate fulfillment that's that's not what this is but that together because god brought them together it's then together they can discover their relationship with god individually and together as a, a bond yeah but i just find it so amazing that she feels like uh you know she's made a mess of it all and here she is and you know the, the the guilt, shame, and condemnation that the world is trying to put on her mm -hmm. is is redeemed and beautified in this story where God steps in and says, nope, you're right where I want you. I love you just this way, but I and, love you too much to keep you this way. Right. And to prove it all, he um, he gave grace to Tom to accept her. 
Yeah. Right? Absolutely. I mean, think about it. I did. He could have he could have not went down that road. Yep. Right? Oh, but yeah. he was obedient. He, he was. was obedient, even though he may sometimes not understand uh, you know, the things that he grew up with, but yet it made sense to him. He heard God. He he could understand to some degree, maybe not fully, but love wins out, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah, love wins. I love that. I remember when, uh, <laughs> I remember when Obama kind of captioned that phrase. And uh, it was a slap in the face of, of what we believe is what God created traditional marriage and, and purpose to be. But uh, I also remembered God speaking to me clearly and saying, no, love wins and love won on the cross. And when you think of the Samaritan woman at the well, the love of God who met her in this, you know, Jesus says, you're right. The man you're living with isn't even your husband. You got five other husbands and the guy you're living with now isn't your husband. But I love you the same. And it was neat to, you know, to see Tom be vulnerable to that love. Because yeah. that's what opens up your your perspective, your, um, you know, got to God's principles and what it's what it's really all about when you have a relationship with him. And then how it translates into your life too, right? Yeah. Um, and so his vulnerability there was, um, to me, I love that. Because, you know, men, right? We right. have macho and can't let it show. And and today they're either really passive or they're very conceited in machoism. And, you know, and society paints them all. all but where's the... The love of Christ, we do see it. We have a lot of movies out now, right? Yeah. God is, you know, we're, we're, we're beginning to rise to say, hey, God loves you. And um, and so I was really, um, yeah, I cried too when he cried. <laughs> Once again, that is the message of the cross. That is the gospel, right? It's that in our fallen state in our brokenness he meets us he meets us there he is and he loves us and accepts us mm -hmm. yeah and you know another thing too well we kind of just to bring back what we were talking to about earlier you know it's really important to then surround yourself with people and that's what church is all about surrounding yourself with like-minded people who love God and then who will walk with you. Um, if you're not married, you know, it's very important for that as a single person. If you are married. And then if you are married, exactly. You need that to help keep yourself strong and Same. and in that third cord, right? Yeah. Jesus being the third cord. So we were talking earlier about religion and um, one of the, you know, people are they're not attracted to it. Right. And and they're not attracted to church. And I think one of the things that's changing in churches, one of the things I hope changes, and one of the things I, I believe that 
you know, we're doing in this uh, Living Proof series is showing that we're authentic people. We don't have it all together. Um, God's not looking for the people who are all together, who, you know, um, look a certain way, dress a certain way, sound a certain way. God, God is looking for the outcasts and the misfits and the broken. And, you know, if you've got a tattoo or a piercing, God loves you. Uh, so, you know, we have this authenticity. There's, that's what this is about. It's about being real, about being authentic. It's about saying, hey, God loves you in your messed up, fallen state. Uh, the good news is is that he loves us enough to not let us stay there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and it's important not to judge a book by its cover. It is. Because I know when I moved here um, to Vermont about eight years ago, the first man, one of the first men that I ran into was this, you know, farmer-like. He had the long hair, the long beard, motorcycle and one of our, well, Scott and Nancy, when we talked about it earlier, he's, uh, no, who was it? Paul, our, our previous living proof. He was talking about this one guy that invited him, and it was uh, Ron. Right. And uh, he's the guy I ran into. And I was uncomfortable because I we were just all white people where we were, nothing against anybody else. But, you know, our French people, because yeah. we're French, and so... My little world, even though it was expanded, it wasn't as much expanded in church. And when I came here, I remember God speaking to me, you know, and saying, you're, you're going to have a lot of that here. <laughs> and it's a good thing. And that broke my, you know, he was a nice guy. Peeping the horn every time he drove by. And I'm like, hey, you know, so I'm glad for that experience. It wasn't much. I didn't, you know, I didn't exhibit behaviors. It, but the thought came in and and it turned into just this beautiful story in, in to me mm-hmm. of meeting the very different people that are here that make up the body of Christ. And there's a reason for that. They fit different roles in your life when God brings them to you. That's right. And it's important to engage and embrace because um, we all see things from we all come from different backgrounds and we see God differently and if you remember i said god's so big and we need that we need to know he's big and he uses the body of christ that's just one little example yeah i know i'm sorry took a little bit to explain that but it's important it is to really get to know people and i think uh there's a, a scripture verse that says iron sharpens iron and so you know, we sharpen one another, but in the midst of sharpening iron, at times there's fire, right? Because you got to heat up the metal, mm-hmm. and there's banging and clanging, and there's sparks. And so um, we do have different parts and different roles. And so some people, you know, they're going to bang against us, and there's going to be sparks. And well, that's because we all have a different walk. God do. is working on each one of us. Yeah. And we're going to see some of that sometimes. We are. But you know? it's, it's okay. It is okay because look at where Tom was, right? He was in a certain place because this is the this is how everyone saw it. But then God was just expanding how God is, his principles, right? Yeah. And so it's like that. 
in whatever church you are, but we are not to forsake the assembly. We so, are not. Yeah. So, you know, um, we're, we're part of a church here in, in Jericho, Vermont, Catalyst Church. But that's, this is, <laughs> this is not the only church. We're, we're part of the church of Jesus Christ. Correct, yes. So our encouragement, my encouragement is, you know, find a Bible-believing church. Where you are. And attend and get plugged in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and be vulnerable. It's, Share with, find one or yep. two people you you can trust and um, and be open. And look for the authentic people. Yes. Yeah. It's really neat. It is. So thank you, Tom and Crystal, for doing that interview for us. Yeah. And, and sharing your lives. And thank you to those who have tuned in and are listening. Mm-hmm. It's just an amazing thing to... Uh, to be part of this and to, uh, you know, be used of God. Right. To help encourage and, and bring hope. Yeah. So why don't you share with us what you think of this podcast? You can call us and leave a message or speak to somebody if they're here, if you need prayer or need to share. Yep. Um, the number is 802-899-2949. Or you can reach us by email. So... Uh, again, I'm Carmen Landry. You can meet me, you can uh, email me at c dot landry uh, at catalystvt.org. and that's c dot l a n d r y at catalystvt.org. and then you can also uh, email Pastor Jills. Yep. So my email is g dot gently. So gently g e n t l e y at catalystvt.org. So g.gently at catalystvt.org. And we would love to hear from you and hear what God's doing in your life. If you need something, if you need prayer, we believe in the power of prayer. And if you don't, uh, try God. That's right. Let us pray for you. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Thank you, Carmen, for being a part of this. And thank you, people, for listening. It's been a pleasure.